Welcome to the Bookkeeper's Voice, an informative and entertaining podcast for bookkeepers who love small business. Each week, Amy Hook explores new ideas and shares real-life stories along with inspiring guests from both inside and outside the bookkeeping industry. Every episode will leave you with a fresh perspective along with industry-specific tips and insights to help your business and your clients' businesses thrive. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Bookkeeper's Voice. My name is Angie, and I am part of the Savvy team. And today, we are actually joined by a very special guest and also a Savvy member. And I'm going to say your full name first, and then we'll just go by what I usually call you uh, for the rest of the episode. But um, I'm here with Sarah Jane Bishop, and she is a small business consultant and business owner of Bishop's Bookkeeping Solutions. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me, Angie. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Now, for those of you who don't know you, I just wanted to do a bit of a sound bit about you and your background with Savvy because you've actually been a client with a Savvy bookkeeper for a little while and you're part of our Savvy membership and you've been working with Amy since before I even started. Yeah, that's right. Um, So I'll jump straight in then, I guess. Um, I am really great at knowing what I want to say, but I'm not great at that starting point. And I really got stuck and um, I just needed someone to kind of give me that starting point and help me to work out what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go with um, my business. And that's kind of why I signed on with Savvy. I love the templates. I love that they're changing and evolving, Mm. but I also love that they're for now, like they're modern, like they are Facebook, they're Instagram, they are put this in your email template. They're not go to the client's place and pick up a book and do a (laughs) thing because we don't do that. We're not on site with anyone. Um, And I just found like um, I got a lot of direction and um, really clear picture of what I wanted to do um, from meeting with Amy and getting into the the savvy groups that we do. Yeah, I love it so much. Now, I also wanted to do a bit of disclaimer because you are one of the superhero bookkeepers out there and there's actually a lot out there, but People don't give you guys credit enough, I think, because not only are you a bookkeeper, business owner of a couple businesses, but you actually run Bishop's Bookkeeping Solutions with your husband, Anthony, while the two of you also raise your four kids and your fur babies as well. Right. We're a little bit, um, we just (laughs) collect animals and humans, I think. (laughs) yeah it's it's just it's really impressive and you guys you know I'm not a fly on the wall but you guys seem like you do it really really well you know you have your successful business you have a really great um, structure of priorities with your family as well which is really lovely and I think that's a lot a lot of bookkeepers struggle with that balance yeah it is hard to maintain um, yeah. but I mean, it's just about priorities, like you said, knowing yeah. which is more important and then making sure you're putting your effort and your energy into those things. Um, but while still reserving some for everything else. Yeah. 
We, I absolutely love it. And the entire team loves working with you. Um, there's certain templates that we've created that we're like, oh, Sarah's going to love this. <laughs> um, we specifically think about you with cer certain ones. And in oh, <laughs> any automations that we find out, we're like, oh, we need to, we need to share this. Cause yeah, many um, I, I joke sometimes that I have a bit of a shiny syndrome yes. uh, where something new comes along and it looks like it's going to be useful and fun. So I have to give it a go. Okay. Well, because you're good. You're good at the shiny syndrome though. You find it, but then you actually do implement it. We do with a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I think there was a point just when I was coming on board with Savvy at the beginning where I just wasn't doing it well though. I had mm. a lot of systems. I had a lot of different softwares, nothing to talk to each other. Yeah. Um, and if it did, it didn't do it in a good way. So it was a lot about looking at what we had, what we couldn't live without, and then how we could make them work together. So we do have a system that's not 100% workflow where it does it all automatically for itself mm -hmm. in the background. And that's on purpose. We don't necessarily want everything with the one company either. We don't want to have all our eggs in one basket. So we yes. have made that decision to make some things a little bit more manual than they have to be but on purpose to give that little bit of um, security to our back end. Yeah, and to be honest, so does Savvy. There's certain things that we could have 100% automated, but it's also nice to have that human touch, that human point where you do just assess things a little bit, just so you also know what's going on in the business. Yeah. Because that's, that's the thing with automation. Sometimes they're so successful that you actually lose a little bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, you've it's gotta, you've got to really um be on top of it because it, it it sounds like it's going to save you all this time, but if you're not still monitoring it, it can cause more problems than it. Exactly, and there's always with you know systems and automations, there's always a way to improve it. It's always it's just like you know personal development, like who you are as a person. There's always room for a little bit of. Yeah, it satisfies that, that shiny syndrome I have because there's always room for growth. There's always room exactly. for um, and And not everything's going to fit. So sometimes it's fun to go in and have a look at a program, see its benefits, see what it can do for someone else and know mm. it's there, but then be able to say that's not for me. I need to continue down a different path. And that's okay sometimes. Like mm. it's actually really important. It's not just okay. It's something you need to know. Everything you test as an interview for that product, you don't have to say yes. You just that time investment is not wasted. That time investment is telling you that that is not the right fit for you. So you can then walk away and go knowing you invested the time checking, but it's not going to work. So you yeah. know that your system is either great that you've got, it's working, or in the future, you can keep an eye on that one. It might evolve into something you want to use. That's such a good point. And it's also for the industry that we're in, like, yes, we're bookkeepers, but we're also business owners. And so other business owners tend to talk to other business owners. So it's nice to also know what's out there. And even though it might not have worked for you, the system that you looked into might work for someone else. So it's nice to be able to say, oh, well, I use this because I didn't go with this one for this reason, but that might work really well for you. And yeah. it's one of the reasons, you know, I love doing that as well with different systems or different, um, you know, marketing softwares and everything. It's just because I don't personally use it doesn't mean it's bad yeah. kind of thing. So I, I love, I love how you do support your clients in a way that 
you have your systems all in place. You really do take that time with your team as well to really help them feel supported and feel like they're backed by you with the systems with, okay, well, if this isn't working, okay, let, let me try and figure out another way of doing things. Yeah, and um, I encourage them too, if they're having a problem. Yeah. Go and look at what you would like to achieve and then come to me with what you think should be happening. Like, don't just come to me with the problem. Let me know what you'd like to see. Then mm -hmm. we can look better at And I say that to my clients too. They'll say to me, I want to do this better. I'm like, yeah, okay, but what do you want to actually see? Because better for you, better for you. And I want to make sure that we're getting the right solution. Because sometimes the software they already have, like if they want to do something in particular, maybe it can do it. They just don't know. So it's not always about I want this software because I've seen an ad for it. It's what outcome are you trying to achieve and will this software actually do that for you? Because if it's not going to, if it's just a fancy name you've seen in an ad or someone else has mentioned to you, then your outcome is still not going to be there. So even though you've gone with the software you want, you're not necessarily going to be happy. You're yeah. still having to fix those um, misfortunes. So, and I don't, I don't like that patchwork too much. Like sometimes you need to have it, but that patchwork of systems and softwares can actually cause more problems in the long run. They definitely can. And it, that's one of the reasons why with Savvy, we're always, you know, start at the beginning. So I know you want to do this, this, and this. Awesome. But let's start the groundwork and start the beginning so that we can actually shape exactly what you need, not just what you want. I was laughing because um, when you say that to us in group or you tell us <laughs> you've got all these fancy softwares that you do it on, I go grab a texture and a piece of paper and I write down what outcomes I'm looking for first. And then I start drawing a map and I start scribbling and I start before I even look at the computer and what software, I'm, I'm actually scribbling down on my notes and drawing a picture of what I want to happen. And then I go and look at if that software can actually make my weird snake of a picture actually work in real life. Oh, <laughs> I love it so much. And that's the way it should, because the thing with a lot of softwares out there, especially for bookkeepers and virtual business owners is they all pretty much do around the same thing. They all, you know, a task management software is a task management software, a client relationship software is a client client relationship software, an email marketing software is an email marketing software. What you need to figure out is what you need it to do and then narrow it down from there. So that I love that you do that. It's great. <laughs> it's awesome. So as everyone can probably tell from just hearing you uh, for a couple minutes is that you are very knowledgeable in what you do. So I thought before we go any further, we should kind of talk a little bit about you and celebrate your journey to how you became a bookkeeper because again your background is different than everyone's and I actually really love your bookkeeping story I think it's really great so I was hoping you would uh, share a little bit about it today oh sure so um when I was a bit younger I did joke about being an accountant when I grew up everyone thought <laughs> it was funny like what 12 year old wants to be an accountant as they grow older um and then I was working in um, sales and retail sales um, with a telecommunication company. And then I met my husband. Um, not, he wasn't married straight up, but his mother and his mother owned a bookkeeping business. She was actually studying to go to become an accountant at the same time. And she offered me a role with her. Um, so I took that on. And then unfortunately, she fell quite ill. 
um, and needed someone. To, this is around the same time that Baz agents were created and had to be in the business to actually maintain that registration. So yeah. I um, quickly stopped everything I was doing, went to a community college and got my cert call organized. Um, I was actually at uni at the time that I dropped out and did the cert course so that I could take over the business and make sure that the registration stayed current with the hope that my mother-in-law would recover and be able to come back into the business. Um, unfortunately, she didn't. And when she passed away, we, my husband and I took over the business. Um, and she was really great at looking at what new things were coming out and looking towards that future and wanting to do um, different automations and different softwares, which a lot of bookkeepers at the time that we were interacting with weren't They didn't doing. do that, yeah. And then I took that one step further. Like she would look at them. I was like, let's go do them. <laughs> implement these things. So um, we, we had a bit of a rebrand just recently. We changed mm -hmm. the name of the business from EMB Solutions to Bishop Bookkeeping, um, focusing just on the bookkeeping side of things, on the automation, on the different softwares and systems that we could have in place. Uh, in amongst all of this and taking over the business and growing it, um, we had three of our four children. We already had one when it all sort of kicked off. Um, and then just COVID hit last year and that was when we went a little bit harder on all those automations. We were home, we had our kids with us, we were trying Homeschooling to school with four kids yeah, all at once. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, <laughs> we were stuck in a little house in New South Wales and we just we, we just weren't happy in that situation. So a lot of the automations that we brought in in that period were to allow us to have time with our kids to help them to study, to help them to grow during that period, but also to give us a little bit of, you know, peace of mind that we could spend some time together too, because yeah. we it's were so like, important. Yeah, we weren't leaving, but we were busier than we ever were. Like we used to think that we were busy running kids to sport and running the business and doing all the client work. But then we were stuck at home. We didn't have to run anywhere and we were busier than we'd ever been. Our hours were increased. We had JobKeeper, we had Cashflow Boost. We had all these different things happening. Mm -hmm. And then we had four children that were being homeschooled, two in high school and two in primary school. So we set up a whole heap of automated email systems so that they were going out and collecting information from our clients in relation to our JobKeeper. We had our softwares that were collecting um, signatures and collecting information. And we were having all of that kind of work in the background with very little interaction for us. We'd come along and check the work, produce it and send it back off to be signed. And then in the background, that would all just be working and happening. So we could focus on family. Um, and then those automations gave us a bit of peace of mind that we were like, well, if we can make us more productive during this really busy, hectic time, maybe we can actually bring on more clients, build up the business a little bit more and we decided if we're going to do that, we were moving as well to a larger house. Yes. And then that that turned into moving to Queensland. So it meant while we were moving, a lot of work was happening in the background with our automations, with our softwares. Our clients were still supported. They were still getting communication from us. But, like, I might have been in a hotel in Kansas with four kids. Like, and no internet access. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> he was sleeping on a floor in a house with no furniture. Like, um it, it, having those automations and systems in the background really let us do that. Um, and now we're reassessing them and how they're working. Now that JobKeeper is ending and we're looking at how can we actually use this with all of our different mm -hmm. things in the business, all the bad work, all the bookkeeping, all of everything. How can we now make that work in that area? And we're looking at that marketing side, which is not something we're very strong in, but it's something we're starting to move into. And wanting you're to learning work. though. You're really, yeah. you guys are really learning and you're really, doing leaps and bounds. 
Yeah, we are. We're, we're trying to get that working, but that's the automation side of things that we're really working on at the moment. And um, one of my clients has got some really cool tools that he uses. So he's been great in kind of discussing them with me and we nerd out together in our software world. And neither <laughs> of us are really in those industries. So it's really fun to kind of have that common ground with the client. And he's like, oh, he looks fit. Oh, look at how this is working. And I'm like, oh, look what I'm trying. Um, so, and that's what you need in business too. You need that support of other business owners to really um, make it happen. Um, and then, yeah, so we've got more time as a family. We're exploring our new area, our new house. We get to spend time as a husband and wife without discussing work, which didn't happen in 2020. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we all have some work all the time. So, yeah, we really want to, we really use those automations in our business and we want to try and help our clients choose them in theirs as well. Um, and when I say automations, I don't just mean like um, sending out emails. I mean like receipt bank that's now called Dex, where it's processing those receipts for us in the background. We're yeah. coming through checking them. Then we're going into, you know, Zero, QuickBooks, whatever it is we're using that day. And it's kind of there and happening. Our job is more to monitor and make sure it's accurate and use our experience and our knowledge to make sure that it's doing the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, we're reviewing that work more now. Um, and then we still do our part you know still going in and we're communicating with the clients and stuff like that but there's lots of different automations for different things out there and it's it's, yeah it's great to give them a try and see how they work yeah they're so good and you know like you said you know the automations aren't just all emails there are different workflows and processes that you guys just have that work seamlessly together (laughs) so as you know one person does the one thing then it kind of very just seamlessly moves on to the next step so one of my favorite automations that we have um, that's really been helping me a lot lately is it's a combination of a couple of softwares, but we use a quoting software for new onboarding clients. Mm-hmm. So once we've they've accepted that once they come to us, we do all our work to work out how much their quote is, we send that out to them. And then it's like following them up, it's reminding them about the quote, it's checking in on them to see if they have any questions. I'm not doing that. Like I see the responses, but I'm not doing that side of it. Yeah. Then once they accept, um, there's a, hey, how you doing? Welcome email. But it's got Loom videos embedded into it, which is showing them the next steps. So I'm not having to reach out and be like, here are all the next steps to do what you need to do. Um, then it's collecting that information and bringing it through to me. So I can still give them a call and say, welcome, how are you doing? But in the background with our automations, they have already submitted through all that information we need to set up a new zero file or all that information we need to contact their accountant. Um, we're not having to get on the phone and ask for that when they might be busy doing other things. It's kind of making their life a little bit easier because it's at a time convenient for them. They can reply to that email or click the links and do the things that need to happen. And then we can pick it up and run with it. And it's reminding them as well. Like, it's like, hey, you signed up. We see that. Welcome. We're so happy to see you. We've noticed you haven't invited us into your software. Let's Here's a video to help you do that. Here's a couple of steps. Um, I'm also a big believer in giving them options. So I want that automation there with the video, but that might not be how they learn or work. They might want the steps. So I've also got that underneath. Here's five steps to do that, you know, summarized in the above video. So that kind of has made our onboarding so much easier. We're not chasing paperwork. We're not emailing back and forth. All that time now is being done by the software, not by us. And we're just doing the work, like the actual work to get that software up and running. And, um, then move the client into our regular bookkeeping if it's, that's what we're doing as a setup and not a regular bookkeeping. Um, so it's, yeah, it saves us a lot of time, made us more efficient. 
because we're not chasing so much. Um, I mean, we're always going to chase clients. It's always going to happen. It's always, yeah, that's always part of it. There's already been two or three follow-ups before we even get there and we're manually doing it. So that's, that's much easier for all of us. No, and it's such a great way. Um, a couple months ago, Maya and I did an onboarding podcast series where we were talking about how it really, by having a really successful onboarding process, you're able to really set the tone of the business in the client experience. Yeah, and by having those videos, it's yeah, just so good. I think a lot of bookkeepers don't set expectations with their clients. I think a yeah. lot of business owners don't set expectations. Yeah. We work a lot with tradies and they're actually really good at it. They don't seem like it. They can come off a bit gruff. They can be a little bit short, but they are great at setting that expectation. They'll come out, they'll quote you, they'll be like, oh, it's going to be a week or two. Like, do not think that it's going to be soon. They know straight up, set that mm -hmm. expectation with the client. And I feel like a lot of bookkeepers are like, we can do all these amazing things, but then aren't setting parameters about how that works. And they're not setting the parameters about how to communicate with each other as well. Like, um, we used to have a whole heap of clients. One client reached out to me by messenger one time and I'm like, no, no. Like, that might be convenient for you, but that is not our expectation. We are not going to work that way. You are not going to see me online and start bothering me at nine o'clock at night. Like it's, it's fine to send me an email at nine o'clock at night. I'll come back to you in the morning or if I'm working, I might reply straight away, but we have to set those expectations in that very initial point, not be mad later when the client is not meeting expectations that we haven't shared with them. Yeah. No, I love it. And it, it's such, you're right, you know, it's such a thing that business owners in general need to work on that as well, because unless you tell someone this is what you're expecting, how are they going to know? Yeah, and common sense ain't common. Like you, exactly. might, <laughs> you might think nine o'clock at night to message someone on Messenger on their private Facebook is fine, but that's not how we advertise. It's not connected to the business. Like that is not okay with me. And I didn't share that expectation with the client. So really it's on me, not on him, that he felt it was okay to reach out that way. So yeah, really, you don't have to be like, we will do this, we will do that. Here is 17 dot points on how we expect you to act. But really making sure that part of the conversation in the early days is if you wanna get in contact with us, these are the methods and this is what you'll expect from us. Yeah. Um, make it like a friendly tone with them not a you know <laughs> <laughs> no it, and you're right you know it works really well and it really goes in I love on your website on your about us because I was on your website today because I just <laughs> like it it's adorable for anyone who wants to check out her website um Sarah's website because her last name is Bishop there's little bishops all over the website oh the chess pieces are just <laughs> adorable um but on your about us page, you have your values that your top three values of the business. And I think it is a really, really successful way of communicating kind of, you know, what you're expecting from your clients and what they should expect from you. And just for everyone to know who isn't on her website right now. Oh, uh, I think I've said it a thousand times. So uh, yeah, that. that's, I wanted to, you know, <laughs> you have said it because it is so true to you is that, you know, her values are family, quality, and trust. And by creating the onboarding system, you can really put that forward really, really strongly. Mm -hmm. It's like, you've done it really, really well. And um, when we were doing the mentoring, for their whole concept of the business and everything like you you nailed it right away and it was one of those things that we almost didn't need you to do the values exercise because 
we already knew. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of just the confirmation. Yeah, that's right. But it is good to go through that exercise because mm. even maybe the top three aren't as, um, for me, I kind of had a good idea straight away what I wanted up there. But it was interesting to see which ones I was moving out of the way and yes. bringing to the top because that that really made you think about why you were moving those other ones to the side and why you were bringing them up. But it was also a really interesting discussion to have with my husband because we had done that exercise in the past for um, EMB Solutions before we decided to start Bishop Keeping. And the answers were different. And it was because you change. We changed, but also because when we come together and we discuss a word, for example, like a value that we have, it meant different things to either of us. Mm -hmm. um, I think trust was one of the ones where we kind of got a little bit like, mm, I like trust, but trust means this to me. And he'd be like, oh, trust means this to me. And like, it was this umbrella term for other qualities and other um, values that we had. And it, it really worked well, but it was a very interesting experiment to have with someone that you're in business with just to understand what they were thinking. Like mm. it's the same word, but the definition for both of us is different. Um, it's similar, but it's different. Like I was putting different meaning into parts of it that he was putting different meaning into other parts of it. And it was a really interesting experiment to go through with him and understand, yes, we both agree on these and we agree on them for different reasons, but together they do work still. Yeah, and I think that's what makes your business so successful is that you two are very success successful and you're very intelligent and just really on it separately and then when you work together it's just a really great combination and you know over these last few months um, moving to Queensland it was an adventure itself it took a couple months yep. and all up <laughs> yeah we had a lot of restrictions when we moved so we couldn't just come yes <laughs> yeah yeah it, it was it was a journey let's say it was a journey was yes and um you know, your automations were right there, but I think what really got you guys through was how well you work together. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and again, that's because you're a family business, how well you work together in the business and as partners in a family, um, which can be really difficult. And I know a lot of our listeners are actually wanting to do the same thing that you guys are doing or already have successful businesses and they want to bring in their partner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you do work with your partner, there's always some unique challenges, especially as bookkeepers. And, you know, it, it's one of those things that because you have your systems all in place really well and you have your team really successfully set up, um, I thought it would be kind of interesting to share what some unique challenges that you have or even just, they don't have to be challenges, opportunities that you have. I'll go with the challenge first, just because there is one that really stands out to me. Yeah. Um, when you're in business by yourself. So Anthony was always in the background of the business, but he wasn't always participating in it. He actually joined me um, after his mother had stepped away from the business yeah. and was still involved, but was ill. So he skilled up and came and joined me. Um, it was really hard to remove that I'm doing everything. Like mm. I, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. And then him just kind of being an employee. That's what he was. He was just an employee to begin with. And I wasn't giving him, we weren't having those in-depth discussions about how we could work together better. We weren't looking at, we were in our family, but we weren't in the business. We weren't, I wasn't incorporating him. In. I was kind of like, I'm the boss, you're the employee. This is how it works. And 
one we actually started to be more successful is when we looked at each other's strengths and went, no, you know what, we're in this together. Mm-hmm. This is all of our income. This is all of our livelihood. We need to have a discussion about what you're good at, what I'm good at, and bring that together. And, and also having that, a breakdown of your actual roles. That you guys, is so important. Yeah, you guys yeah, are really that, good at breaking that down. Roles and yeah. like Anthony is not great at the... Um, at certain aspects that I'm really good at. I'm great at talking. I could talk your ear off all day. I'd be scared when you said, let's do a podcast. I was like, put a time limit on it. <laughs> um, whereas he, that's not his strong suit, but oh my God, if you have a problem with itself, you give it to that man and he has sorted it out in two and a half minutes. And then he's made you a giant graph and he's done six other things that you didn't ask for that you didn't know you needed, but you need in your life. <laughs> like he is amazing at that side of things. And his client relationship management is amazing compared to mine. Like I could sell you ice to an Eskimo, but that that maintaining of the relationship afterwards, I'm good if they're making noise, but necessarily quiet clients that are happy uh, I just forget they exist sometimes like I know they're there don't get me wrong but it's I very don't easy yes, to reach out to them like I'm like they're happy they're fine I'm gonna leave them alone whereas Anthony's approach is very different he'll be like they're happy great let's have a chat with them and see how they're doing today mm-hmm. and I just don't have that thought but he does so he's really good at that side of the business he's good at maintaining those relationships keeping the clients on board and so what we did was we looked at those areas and we know those things so instead of just knowing them we have to put down my role is to to, to do the sales to do the onboarding to look at the automations to do mm-hmm. you know actual bookkeeping which you know sometimes you've got to actually do it. <laughs> he's great at you know making sure our existing clients are happy checking in on them seeing how they're going um he's great at doing the actual production work and then working out faster ways to do things um and implementing them he used to work in change management before he came to work for me so he's i'm really good at going out and finding what i want he's really good at working out how it's actually going to work and how we get there so um and knowing those things we could then give ourselves roles and we can say, this is your role, this is my role. And we can come to each other with issues where we overlap or where we're not quite sure, but we're not stepping on each other's toes either. And there's not, again, it comes back to setting expectations. We're setting expectations with each other on what we should come and talk to each other about. And like a lot of the time people come to me with questions that are, um, that are bookkeeping related. And that's great. My staff all come to me with those things. And that's something that I'm strong in. But then I often go to him with software questions to be like, <laughs> where does this go <laughs> yep. um, and then we so it's good it's, it's it's really important that you define what each other are doing and don't try and t- step on each other's toes and that there's no power imbalance like it's not I'm in charge of him he's in charge of me it's in Your this partners. area I'm in charge of this but yes. in the business we're partners and we can work it out together yeah, I love it. And it works really well in coming from someone who also works very closely with their partner in another business. Um, I definitely get how the stepping on each other's toes can be very difficult sometimes. Yeah, there was and a short period where that was um, made very sore feet. <laughs> yes, and it can kind of sometimes linger where the problem is fixed, but the memory is still there. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to build that resentment. I think that's another thing. Yes. In a family business, not just in a partnership with your actual partner, but in a family business, resentment is something that can really grow and fester. And we see that with our clients because a lot of our clients are family businesses as well, working with sisters, cousins, mothers, brothers, whatever, maybe. Um, And the ones that do well really do define their expectations with each other. They talk, they communicate, they're clear. If something makes them unhappy, they don't scream and shout about it on a Sunday night. 
they actually come to the table and discuss it during work hours work through it during work hours with each other yeah and they might document it too some of them are really good at documenting their issues not mm. because of a later you can be like i told you this on the sixth of the seventh <laughs> um but more we've already had this discussion and last time we agreed to do this do you think that that's not working how can we work around it like how is this issue still coming up like a real business without family members would do because i was just going to say you treat them still like business people like it yeah. like still like your team that's right that's right the family stuff still comes into the business and the business stuff still goes out into the family it's just the way it's going to be mm. but knowing when to deal with issues and where to deal with them is probably really important yeah no yeah. and you guys are doing that really well you know like we've mentioned you've just moved up to queensland you are getting used to kind of the queen queensland culture and atmosphere and unfortunately we've had like weeks of rain oh, um yeah. <laughs> oh, it's been crazy but um you know you guys are still doing really well at getting back in once the move is over getting back into the work kind of side of things and I thought it would be really great just to talk about the opportunity let's say opportunity this time about learning you know once you know your job positions between the two of you learning when to talk about business and not to talk about business because you did mention that um but that's a very big thing when working with family is you need to be able to turn off so what I do remember, you guys do i remember actually just quickly where our turning point was is we were at karate with one of my kids doing a mm. tournament and something struck me that I'd remembered from work and I felt like I had to tell him immediately, like it had to be discussed. And I remember sitting there with him and he was cool. He was talking to me about it. And then one of the kids was like, did you just see what Vanessa did? Did you just see that mom? And I was like, no, I, I, I didn't. And that was not business time. That was family time. And I should yes. be paying better attention to what she was achieving. And that was kind of a turning point how we would communicate about the business and, and I really want anyone else that's in business don't get there first don't have that guilt <laughs> try and think about um when you came to talk about it. you know what sometimes we do talk about it over dinner and sometimes the kids get involved I know I love your kids they're the adorable <laughs> especially marketing stuff my eldest one has lots of ideas in that area and she's um you know she probably has a better eye than me for taking pictures if we DIY stuff mm. um and colors and things like that like and she's, you know, Gen Z, so she's going to have a different opinion to me on what I'm saying. Um, so we do involve them in the business. We do let them know that things are happening and we will talk about it around them, but it can't be the central motivator. So after a certain point at night, we just don't discuss business anymore unless, you know, something radical has happened. We're kind of like, no, this is family time. We try not to do it when we're doing sports. We try not to talk about it when we're doing, you know, a family activity together or when we're visiting family and friends um, because really that's, you, you work to live, not live to work. Yeah. And we've got to make sure that we're having some sort of balance between the two. And yes, it is our whole livelihood, but it's not your life. We, it's not our life. Why are we doing it if it's, if it's only, if there's nothing else? Um, that's, that's not why we're doing it. Um, so it gives us a real opportunity to like narrow down when we're going to do work, when we're going to talk about work, 
what days we're going to be constant. And you know what? Sometimes we do work on a Saturday or a Sunday and that's okay because we haven't planned other things for those days. Yeah, and then some, some days during the week, you might not do a full day or you might not work at all. I know that happens with my partner. He owns his own business. So it's like, I'll work all weekend and then I'll take a Tuesday off. Yeah. And I love to train at the gym. So I might leave mm-hmm. early one day a week and go do weight classes or whatever else I'm doing and have that social aspect. And not have any work at all, not even be with Anthony or the kids, but be by myself, but not be working. Which is also very important it's when you, so important. you need to yeah, when you work and live, because you guys both work from home now as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you, when you work and live with the same people, you need to prioritize your me time. Yeah, 100%. It's really, yes. And it doesn't have to be something elaborate, maybe like do something quiet for yourself but oh yeah I'm one of those people that sometimes I go to bed an hour early and it's like I'm just going to go and read I'm not going to sleep I'm just going to read yeah. <laughs> sometimes I like to pull a cupboard apart and put it all back together neatly and that's like it's housework but it's actually something I like to do I it's like actually it really like folding yeah folding oh, I find I'm it very like, calming don't get me wrong I don't enjoy it all the time <laughs> but every so often you know, it's nice to do that. It's nice to pull something apart and make it look nice and have a sense of yeah. achievement. And especially in our industry where nothing is ever finished. Like you yes. take that buzz off and you're on to the next buzz. Sometimes it's really nice in your home life to have a project where you can start it. There is a defined beginning, middle and end and it is done yes. and you walk away and it's finished. And sometimes it's important to have that in life too. That can be part of your me time. It can be a good reset for your brain to be like, okay, the next buzz is the next thing's true. STP needs to be done. Sometimes we just need a task that can be completed. Yeah, I'm, I'm really big for having that task list and then checking something off. It feels amazing. Get <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> love it. Love it. So I would love, so I always ask anytime someone comes on the show, I always like to ask, what is your favorite thing about bookkeeping and why? Because you, you, like you, I would say you're one of our members that are a master bookkeeper. You're really good at what you do. You love what you do. You're passionate about what you do. So I'd love to know what's your favorite. My absolute favorite. And I know this will sound funny. It's being a detective. You get to go into these businesses and you, especially new clients, even sometimes existing ones, you have no idea why they're doing the things they're doing. You might've had a discussion with them, but come on you're not familiar with it yes. and just learning their business and working out where things go kind of understanding their, why they've done a certain thing and how they've done it I just really love that that that's my joy that I get from bookkeeping when someone brings me a mess that's when I'm happy I'm like oh mess yes how do we where does it go what does it look like it's like untying that big ball of knots yeah, like where does it end and then you find out there's a bank account you never even knew about and at first you're annoyed and then you get to piece it all together and you're like yes the puzzle is done <laughs> um those sort of things is what I really really love but I also really love talking to the client getting to know their business and then them understanding their business a bit better because we bring yeah. a different perspective to the client they understand the production side they understand their reason for doing it but they're not always fully on top of how it's going mm. why it's not getting to where they want straight away and we have those numbers and especially when we detangle the mess because if it's not a mess the client has an idea but yes. you can clear that picture up you can even clean that glass and let them see through it 
But when the curtains are drawn and it's all dark and they can't see anything at all, you get to move all of that out of the way and give them a better idea of how their business is performing with numbers and with graphs and with raw figures. So they might know they had a good year, but do they know how good their year was? Do they know mm. how good it was compared to last year? Um, so that's what I love. I love being a detective and then I love presenting those findings to the client and giving them a different perspective on their own business, on their own baby, so that they can understand how it's actually going and what they want to achieve and if it's actually going to be able to do that. Sometimes too, you get to see them pivot because they, they think they're going a certain way and you do all the numbers and go, actually, this arm of the business is real profitable. It's working really well. You guys should focus on that. Like, let's go, let's do that one instead. Um, and that's fun. It's fun to watch them take their businesses and do things with them. And it's also sometimes interesting to watch the people that are quite satisfied with their business at a certain level that's working well, it's doing what they want to do and just being able to provide them with the information to see that they're, they're happy it's working, it's good, life is good. Not everything is always about getting bigger, doing more. Sometimes yes. it's about sustaining and doing well. So It's about sustaining and still enjoying. Yes, that's I right. Think. Having that good mental health while we're doing it. Um, that's, that's, you know, that, they're the sort of things that I love to do. I love to just take on those roles of like, you know, uncovering what's going on and then just presenting it to them and then having that discussion with them and getting to know them. That, that's the side that I enjoy. No, and you're really good at it. I know when we do our Ash Savvy sessions or our co-working sessions in the membership, you're always, the reason why I thought of you to do this podcast is because you're always so knowledgeable about all of, you know, the communication with the clients, like you said, actually presenting the information to them and um it's just you can hear the passion coming out in you I am, yeah lovely. I do love that side that's really my passion for it um and then um again I know I keep saying expectations but when you're presenting to the client it doesn't always mean a piece of paper with lots of numbers on it and I think that's something I enjoy is giving it to them in a way that they can understand like yes. somebody some clients do not that 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 means that may as well be in Gaelic or old Latin or something it means nothing to them so um, making sure that you understand what their expectations are to receive the information. And if they say to you they're not interested in it, maybe they're not interested in it in black and white with numbers on a piece of paper and you need to make it. You need to make yeah. it interesting. You need to make it something that they understand and get excited about. Yeah. And sometimes that's just the fun working out and how their brain works to understand it can be really interesting. Um, I think I mentioned uh, we deal with a lot of family, but we also deal with a lot of tradies and giving them a piece of paper with lots of numbers on it. Some of them, yeah, it's great. They love it. They eat it up. Some of them, Some they do, yeah. read that and put it in the bin. It means nothing to them. So how you communicate with them might be your turnover this month. And it's just a, like, I know one of my oldest clients who I get along with really well, he's really good at his business. He is not interested in that piece of paper. He wants three or four main figures off that paper. That is what he's focused on. He wants a couple of percentages. So if there is no printed out report that we send him because he's not going to look at it, he's not interested. But his expectation is a text message once a month that tells him a few things. Those four or five key points for him are how he grows his business and works in it and how he makes it work. If he wants more detailed stuff, he says to me, I'll just come to you and tell me the thing I want when I want it. But everything else he wants on a monthly basis in a text. And that really works well for him. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's learning how they want the information and presenting it to them and then seeing what they do with it is really fun. 
No, and like I said, you are great at that. And, you know, I love that you kind of do the combination of communicating them on SMS, text messages, on email and on the phone, depending on what suits them best, because you're right, certain, certain, it's not just all tradies, like certain business owners, you are never going to get on the phone. <laughs> I mean, I personally am terrible at this. Answering the phone thing. If I'm doing client work, I'm doing the client work. I'll call you back. But um, it, yeah, it's you know we've got older clients. We've got one client who's threatened to retire since before I took over the business. Ladies <laughs> now, and he's like the he's a really clever businessman. He's really good at what he does. But if you send him an email, he is not looking at it. If you text him, he is not texting you back. There is no <laughs> you have to call and chat with him, and you need to do it at a time that's convenient for him. So knowing that makes our working relationship with him better. And him knowing that we take that into consideration builds that relationship better with him mm-hmm. because he knows he can he can communicate with us in the way that makes him feel comfortable. Then some of our clients, like I was just talking about the last one, you know, millennial guy on the go, on, he might be on a roof, he might be in a hole. You know, he's trading. He's, he, who knows what he's doing at that? He's not picking up the phone. He is not picking up that phone. There is no convenient time each week where he will be available to pick up the phone. So texting him means he can look at it when he's ready. Mm-hmm. He can, and he wants short, sharp information. And that brings value to him. Like some clients, that would be terrible. They would not see any value yes. in that, want their reports. But for him, short, sharp information that I understand is tailored to him, that's value. It, it might take me a minute to put together, but that's value to him and he'll appreciate that. And he said to me in the past, that's why he's never even considered changing bookkeepers because he knows that I understand what he wants and that I'm looking out for him and I'm doing it in a way that he wants it. And that's also why we haven't even mentioned, but that's how you've kind of built your businesses. And I'm saying businesses because both yeah. really. You still have um, EMB. It just yeah, you still. Work. Yeah. Um, we're focusing on Bishop and building it up at the and, yeah um, but that's, and that is yeah that's how you've grown the business is that you do know your clients so well that they love working with you so then they refer you and that's part of why we we struggle with marketing because we our business is 21 years old so not with me but I've been here all for I don't even know how old my son is 13 so 13 years is how long I've been working in the business and then part of that I've been in charge so marketing's never been a strong point because we haven't really needed to push hard for clients in the past. Everything worked a little bit more closely. Everyone talked to each other. And a lot of our business still comes from referrals because we do things the way our clients want. We make sure that they're happy. And then they tell other people, and that's how our business grew to what it is now. Um, But now that we're looking at working in a different model with more um, online clients, that's why we're starting to try and market and learn how to do that. And then even with our marketing, we're trying to tailor it so that it's going to be specific to our target audience, that it's going to meet their needs and that it kind of conveys that idea that we want them to be happy and we want to work with them on both our terms, not just tick a box and move the work through. Um, So, yeah, that's that's kind of important to us is using all those different methods to suit the client. Um, And I'm still experimenting with automations and softwares to make that a little bit cleaner. No. I love it. You, you guys, are doing so well at what you do. You really, you really have it organized. So, my last question huh. is: What's next for you and Bishop's Bookkeeping Solutions? What, 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 what's next? You know, besides your marketing, what's? Oh, next? we just want to bring on 
more clients to be able to help them move through their work in a easier way. Like we want to, to we want to use the automation to have in place. We want to move, use all these softwares we have, and we just want to be able to make other people's lives easier with it. We want to be able to get that rush that I get from going through new work and cleaning it up. And then we want to give them that consistent, reliable, quality work that they can, you know, that they know is beneficial to them. We don't just want to tick boxes and do compliance. We want to make sure that they're happy and they're getting the information they need along the way. Oh, I love it. This has been so good. I think quite a few people have learned a lot from what well, you've, so. <laughs> what you've been uh, chatting about today. And like I said, we just love working with you. And it's this passion that no one can see Sarah right now, but uh, we're doing a Zoom call to do this uh, podcast. And just to see her talk about it, it, there is a lot of passion. And I think that's what sets a lot of bookkeepers apart is that so many bookkeepers are so passionate about what they do. And it's lovely to see how you're passionate about the entire encompass of the business, you know, from the automations to the rescue jobs where you have to be a detective to the ongoing client, you know, relationships. And it's that whole package um, that because you're passionate about, you know, almost every step of the way, it creates that business where it really is about the family, the quality and the trust, which yes. is perfect for your marketing. It's, uh, it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so no, thank you so much for joining us today. And, and thank you, so much. Thank you uh, so much for all the support over the last few years as well. Like um, a part of doing well in business is knowing where you're not doing well in business and sometimes you can't see the forest through the trees so it's been really helpful to have someone not point it out but be able to let me see and work on it and improve it no and we we love being able to work on you on the things that you know you might not be the best at mm -hmm. um, I know I think pretty much everyone on the teams worked with you at some point or another and you're just one of the ones that you actually do take on what we suggest and then you do it in your own way. So you make it your own, which is so lovely to see. And, you know, you really learn and grow, which yeah. is what and we love what doing. We all want to, what we all should be trying to do, learn and grow. Yeah. yeah, we love it so much. So anyone who wants to learn more about Sarah and Bishop's Bookkeeping Solutions, please feel free to go to the savvybookkeeper.com.au to this podcast in our podcast notes we're going to have all of the links for Sarah so we're going to have her LinkedIn page the Facebook page we're going to have the website so you can go through take a peek at all of her adorable little logos <laughs> and everything because it the branding for bishops is just we try to be cute and fun <laughs> it's cute it's fun it's rememberable which is really important for online businesses and it's definitely something that I think everyone will be able to learn from as well because you really do come through in your marketing thank you Angie no thank you so much for joining us and uh, as always guys stay safe sane and savvy bye Thank you for listening to The Bookkeeper's Voice. We'll be back next week, so subscribe to future episode notifications. Do you want to be more efficient? Get instant access to our free template of the month. Visit thesavvybookkeeper.com.au slash freebie.
Would you love to connect with other savvy bookkeepers to get support and ideas? Join the Savvy Bookkeeper Facebook group. Do you need help with pricing, marketing, web design or business planning? Visit thesavvybookkeeper.com.au to see our services. Until next time, stay savvy.